Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Matthew 15. Recently, I, uh, well, a couple of things happened. One, I was very tired. I mean, like very tired, like two, three hours sleep, traveling, and um, got on a plane and um, got on early, which I like to do, and um, I have a frequent flyer thing, and, you know, we're able to get on pretty early, and uh, I like that because I, I just don't like standing in line. I like just getting on the plane, sitting down, and listening to a book or passing out. In this case, it was going to be passing out. Two, three hours, extremely tired. And uh, I lifted up my, my bag to put it in the overhead, which I do for myself and for my wife. And, I mean, we're some of the first people on the plane. First class is already seated. We're not in first class. We're just behind them. And so I put my bag up. Now, how many of you know there's a right way to put your bag in the overhead? My, my mother says, like toast, okay? Another way to say it is you put it in like a book. So you don't put it flat, you put it in a book, like a book. Okay, well, let me just tell you that I don't do that. How come? Because I don't want it. Unless there's a need for it. If there's a need for it, then I'll, I'll, I'll get up and I'll adjust bags and I'll help people. I even close all the things for the, you know, I, I close the overhead baggages, the compartments for the, the, the stewardess or flight attendants, right? I, I enjoy helping. And so I put my bag up like I've done for hundreds of flights. Put my bag up, and this lady says, excuse me, you need to put your bag the right way. And I, I wasn't all feeling spirit-filled, okay? Let me just tell you, I wasn't. I think her name was Karen, but I'm not sure. Anyway, that's what, that's what my wife said. I think that was a Karen. And, and I think they might have been two sisters anyway because the other one's going, that's right. And so I said, oh, okay. She said, you need to move your bag. I said, uh, are, you, are you sitting here? She says, no. I said, okay, you can go. And I, and I said it like that. I didn't get all, like I, what came out of my mouth was not what I was feeling. How many of you know that that's a sign of spiritual maturity? I wanted to turn around and be like, shut up. In fact, if she knew how spirit-filled that was, she probably gotten saved right on the spot. And honestly, you went by, and I, something turned, and I just thought, man. It was an opportunity for me to get irritated. Now, it's a small thing, but I had not enough sleep. And it was like a little fiery dart. And that, those seem to happen on all our flights. The last one was at 4 in the morning. Maybe it was 4.30. 4.30 in the morning yesterday. And um, anyway, that was really bad. And I, I was able not to mouth off again. And I realized, I think I'm under attack. So... Karen's spirit has come after me. We, we thought about renaming that, you know, Pastor Karen is a Karen, but that if she isn't a Karen. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody said we ought to call it a Gertrude spirit. That's a Gertrude. Anyway, 
If you don't understand what I'm talking about, let me make it plain. The enemy will give you lots of opportunities to get offended. And if you get offended, you will miss out on what God has. It is a strategy of the enemy to get you toe up from the flow up offended. I've seen people, people are offended, some of them when they come out of the womb. There's some people when they come into church, they're looking like they just can't wait to get offended. I've had people offended by the tip. You were looking at me when you were preaching. I know I'm all offended to you. You do that. I wasn't even looking at you. It's your own guilty conscience. Repent. I've had people offended at what I preach, and they come and tell me, you know, I'm really offended that you preach this, this, and this. That wasn't even my message. It was the Holy Spirit just touching you in that jacked up place you got. It's offense isn't a weapon from the enemy. And I've seen over and over and over and over people lose destiny and purpose because someone didn't thank you or someone offended you or spoke rudely to you or, or something happened. Offense. Oftentimes we offend people and we don't even know it. How many of you offended somebody today? I didn't. I'm putting my hand down. Not that I know of. Oh, I offended, I offended my wife. I'm sorry. So sorry. Oftentimes we offend people who don't even know it. And, and I've found that many people are offended because they're carrying a hurt. Now watch this. Because in them, they have a broken place in them. And, and uh, something happens. It triggers or taps it's like a sore arm or a, a cut on your arm, and you bump into somebody, and it's, and it's sore. Uh, we were baptizing somebody just the other day, and she says to me, watch my shoulder, watch my shoulder. You might not have heard it, but I heard it. She's like, Don't, <laughs> do not touch my shoulder. I just had surgery. That's what there's many people. That's a, a good illustration of times when you have things in your heart, things in your life. You're, you're hurt. You're wounded. You're still carrying around the rejection that your father did to you when you were a kid, when you were a boy, when you were a girl. The, the, the abandonment maybe that the mother, your mother brought you. That's your ex-wife or your ex-husband. And as a result, that anything that reminds you of that hits that and, you, and it triggers you from, to be offended and to get all hurt all over again and reminds you of stuff. Sometimes truth offends. John 6, turn there with me. We're going to get to the main passage in Matthew 15, but I want you to see this first. Some of you were confused. Just keep paying attention. Matthew 15, but we're looking at John 6, Minister Vanka and Chanel. Settle down on the front row. Jesus said, if you eat unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And many were offended and left him that day. It says many left him that day. You know, an expression of the love of God is when you hear something in the word. In fact, I'll define it this way. The meat of the word to me is when I hear something that completely challenges me, confronts me, and even is offensive. And if you hear something in your reading of God's Word, your study of God's Word, as you're listening to a message, and even the message I preach to you right now, or perhaps the front part of the service, you've already been offended. You hear something, don't get offended at the person and the messenger. Don't kill the messenger. 
If it's God's word, change. Change. And God's word offends. And listen, God loves you enough to show you where you're stupid. He'll put his finger on things and say, that's messed up. I'm Over and over and over. I mean, the Lord does it to me almost every day. You've got an attitude problem. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah? You don't want to get an attitude. You're going to mouth off to God and turn and reject it and go, oh, no. All right. Let's go to Matthew 15. Here we go. Find verse, very familiar passage. I've preached on it many times. Matthew 15. And find uh, verse 21 from the New International Version. Should we stand? Let's. Let's all stand in honor of God's word if we're able to. If not, be healed in Jesus' name. Now stand up. All right, very good. <laughs> Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus didn't answer her a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away already. I added the already. It's, it's not in there. Send her away, for she keeps crying after us. And he said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel, verse 25, the woman came, knelt before him, quote, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord. Woof. But even the dogs, Pastor Jesus called the girl a dog. Yep. Even dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Father, move in power tonight. In the moments that remain in this service, may we receive impartation of truth that would change our lives, that from this we would be able to, as I said earlier, punch offense in the throat. We are not going to be ignorant of the devil's schemes. We understand that offense is assignment that comes from the enemy. And we ask you now to remove every stronghold. We ask you now to heal every hurt. We ask you now to expose any triggers so that we could be set free to serve you with glorious liberty in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wonderful. You may be seated. Jesus offended, but the apostle Paul said that we're to be sensitive to not offend also. I know people that like offending people because they get power. They get a rush out of it. There's things that are offended that need to be offended There's things that sometimes we offend that, that we didn't need to offend. We could have been more gracious, and I certainly have been accused of that, and, and rightly so, and I repent. We need to be kind. We need to be gracious, but we need to speak truth and do it in love. The, the truth spoken out of love is sin. So just because you're speaking truth, if you're doing it anger, you're sinning. All right. 
at the same time, on the flip side, I've known people that not want to confront anything, afraid of offending anybody and be so politically correct you don't get anything done. I'm not really politically correct. I'm happy to offend anything, but, but I have to be careful because it sort of is my nature to be a bull in a china closet and just smash stuff just because it's kind of the way I'm wired up. It's a great gift and can be hurtful also. If I've ever hurt you through my bull in china closet type personality, please forgive me. It's not my intention to hurt you. It's absolutely my intention to offend and hurt every sin and everything that would mess your life up and do it every day of the week. Because I want you to be free. I don't want you to be in bondage. I don't want you to be addicted. I don't want you to live in depression. I don't want you to live broken lives. You're supposed to live a victorious life in Christ, and I'm here to equip you for that. And I understand that at times I've not done such a good job or maybe gone overboard and so I repent. But I'm not going to repent for hurting what needs to be hurt. There are sometimes, you know, my grandfather used to use iodine in cuts. Works really good. Hurts. However, I was grateful for He always had a thing of iodine. Anybody know what iodine is? It just, like if you cut yourself with a knife, the iodine came out. But, you know, it was good for me as a little boy uh, because, one, I didn't get infected. Two, I learned to deal with pain. You know, you can't shield everybody from everything. Some, listen, it's, it's if you're going to grow some muscle, you're going to go through some soreness in developing that. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes faith is like that. You get stretched. You're like, I can't do that. You know, you get over yourself and you get out there and go. And then you'll grow. You'll develop some muscles. And it can be painful at times. You try to sheet. Listen, if you carry your baby, I'm all over somebody's business right now. I can feel it. I can feel it. If you constantly carry your child, I think the child ends up bow-legged. And they'll never learn to walk. You have to actually let the child crawl. It's, it's, it's brain development. They, they, when they're crawling, did you know that? But he's crying. Yes, that's lung development. I don't like hearing it. Get over it. Babies cry for a number of different reasons. One, they're wet, they get soiled, they need a change. Two, they're hungry. Three, they're tired. And sometimes they just cry because. Pain. There's a lot of reasons. I don't, you know, moms can discern, oh, that's a hungry cry. It's okay that a, that a child cries at, at some times when they don't want what they want. You know, when, they, when you know, they don't get what they want, excuse me, you can cry all you want. We used, to, we used to see our babies doing lung development. Hannah's got an amazing set of lungs because we allowed her to develop those. And, and I'm not, there's times you'd be like, sing, girl, come on. Ah! Like, you should hear her sing now. I'm convinced if we coddled her. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, beware lest, any, beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. That word stumbling block is a Greek word, uh, scandalon. It's, it's another word for offense. See, you can offend people by, by this liberty that you have. And the apostle Paul is saying it's not good to offend people like that. Don't do that. He's saying don't do that. Scandalon is, is a word for offense in the Greek language. It's, it's the same word, watch this, offense, scandalon, is the same word of a, a stick that's used to hold up a trap 
That stick is a scandalon. How many of you ever tried to trap a rabbit in a box with a stick and you get out there and you got your Wonder Bread under the box and you're like waiting, waiting, and the rabbit, and you pull it, you know, and you get the, you get the rabbit or the, the squirrel or the chipmunk or whatever you're trying to catch. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That stick is called a scandalon. That's what offense is. If you allow yourself to get offended, you're going to be caught. You're going to be trapped. You're going to be messed up. So we've got to ask God, you know, Lord, are there any places that, are there, is there anything in me that's causing other people to be offended? Come on, ask God that. Is there any, am I doing anything that offends other people? Have I done anything? And so you can repent. So you can ask God to show you. Some of you were mean. I'm not feeling the love. I'm going to come back here for a second. Amen, Pastor. Talk to him. I am. I'm trying to. Some of you were mean. Some of you are mean. You're mean-spirited. The way you talk, your tone, your you don't realize you're hurting people. Tap your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Is he talking to you? Go ahead, tell your neighbor on your right. Come on, you've got to ask God, ask God to reveal how we affect others. And be open to hearing from God. Be open to hearing from him so that when he says something, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's, there, there's a couple people on our staff over the past 25 years that feel a special call of God to correct me all the time. <laughs> Not here. Although I, 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 we, we don't raise up yes men and women. All right? So I have a roundtable type leadership. Great idea today. Minister Micah loved it. Awesome. I have a roundtable type leadership, meaning... Everyone, your, your thoughts, your ideas that you have, we, we welcome them. In the end, I'll make the final decision in the end. Amen. But I'm, I'm, listen, I sit, in a meet, I sit in meetings where I, I've sat there, all kinds of people there, and I realize I think I'm the least educated, dumbest person in the room. And then I think to myself, I'm also in charge. This is amazing. Lord, how'd this happen? Come on, somebody say hallelujah. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Can you say amen? <laughs> and we're working on that. We're working on, on education, we're working on getting brighter and wiser and all of that. But there's gifts that my staff have that I don't have. That's what makes a team. I forgot what I was saying. I have to go back to my notes. Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a particular person on the staff that I've known for, like, since I've been saved. They have a special gifting. It's like an assignment to, to make sure I stay humble and teachable. And I remember when it first started, and I, 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 I could have got offended. And I did temporarily. I did. Look, you get offended. Don't stay offended. I was back in that day. I was serving with all my heart, and, and which hasn't changed. And um, I was in everything, doing everything. I was just in love with God. He had set me free, and I just crazy for him. And I, I'm the same now that I was back then. And so I got pulled aside by this well-meaning brother who I deeply respected. And uh, he said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. We sat down after some service, and he sat me down. He said, okay, I've been watching you. I'm like, oh. He says, you know, you're full of pride, and you're arrogant, and you're a suck-up all the time. 
you're just trying to get ahead. And you're just trying to, you're trying to always trying to be the man. It's always you. It's like, the, it's like the Daniel show all the time. And I'm rebuking you right now. Now, I started crying, and I was so hurt by what he said. And I'm thinking, I was so deceived early on in my walk. I was so deceived before I was walking. The thing about deception is you don't know you're deceived. So I've learned that, like, let me have it. Just so I realized, man, I'm, I, I must have issues. So after that, I cried for a second, and I thought, I'm going to my pastor, and I'm going to have him pray for me because everything, you know, I'm just going to have him lay hands on me, and I'm going to get rid of whatever this is. I repent. I repented to him, and I repent. And I went to Dr. Morocco, and I said, you know, so-and-so just corrected me, and here's what he said, this, this, and this, and this, and this. And here's what Dr. Morocco did. He has this way of putting his head down. He shakes his head a little bit like that. He said, oh, Daniel. And here's what he said. God has anointed you. Not everybody's going to be happy about that. That's not you. I started crying. He laid hands on me. He said, don't let anybody whisper to you things like that. Stay pliable. Stay broken and humble before God. Your passion for God is what that is. Don't worry about it. Just keep going, son. And you know what? I've been going ever since. And there will be people that will say things. And, and uh, plenty of times where I've gotten corrected and God knows I needed it. And Pastor Karen re- corrected me recently. And I'm sure there's more correction to come from Pastor Karen and others as well. Let's look at this, this precious story here, Matthew 15. The Syrophoenicians, a Gentile Canaanite woman comes And uh, she is in need of a great miracle. She has a demonized youth. Her her daughter is demon-possessed. Now, I want to tell you that we have a whole generation. It's not talked about. It's not not popular. It's not politically correct. I'm telling you, there's a whole generation of demon-possessed youth and young adults and adults. Deliverance is something that ought to happen in every single church, every single time you have church. Was there deliverance today? Absolutely. Just because there wasn't shrieks and big grandstanding, we don't allow for that. So if you have a devil tonight and you like to grandstand, we'll be ministering to you outside of here. Unless, of course, we decide to take care of it now. Who makes that decision? Me, being spirit-led or my staff. So we say, really? Oh, yeah. Bump your neighbor and say, whoa, it's about to get real up in here. Okay, if you looked at somebody just now and you saw red eyes looking back, just raise your hand and we will come and help you. Okay. Listen, Jesus, he didn't make fun of anybody. He didn't castigate them. He didn't put them on a poster. He didn't say, oh, everybody, she has a demon, he has a demon. This woman knew that her daughter was demon-possessed. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm telling you, if kids or adults or anybody opens himself up to darkness, you will then open, being a believer or not, you will open yourself up to being demonized, open yourself up to being bound. You will open yourself up to demon power. You say, I don't like that. Well, then don't, don't do that. Some of you don't have a fear of God at all. Think you can do whatever you want to. Are you offended? No, I'm trying to help you. Are you offended? Put your pornography away. Oh, did I say that? Children's church is in the back. This ain't children's church. I'm trying to survey if we have any children right now. So she comes. She's a Canaanite. It's interesting what she says. Look at the text with me. Come on, let me teach you, teach, preach to you here. 
Tyre Sidon is the region he's in, a Canaanite woman, all right? That's, a, that's a, not a Jew. Comes from that vicinity, crying out, what does she say? Lord, son of David. Everybody say that. Lord, son of David. That, that particular salutation and name that she's using is, is not just any name. It's an acknowledgement that he is the Messiah. Somehow she knows. Some, come on, someone say she knows. Somehow she knows this is the man. This is Jesus. Maybe she heard somewhere, somebody testified, somebody witnessed to her at Fred Myers. Oh, yeah. Jesus set me free from my demons. He can set your daughter free too. And they came to church. Okay, so here there. It's outside. It's outside the tent meeting or something. I don't know. So she knows that he's the Messiah, and that's what that means. Lord, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. Come on, someone say have mercy on me. All right, so she asked for mercy. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. And Jesus ignored her. Has anybody been ignored lately? You know, I don't, I, it happened to me recently. Oh, yes, of course. It was one of the, one of the I think it was the lady at the American Airlines. You know, when you say something to somebody and they don't even answer you? And you're like, well, maybe they heard me, maybe they didn't. Yeah, I always do the volume up a little bit, a little sweeter, made sure you heard me. Good morning. Oh, hi, hi. Good morning. Just try to be sweet, like make sure. Because some people, I don't like being ignored. How many people like being ignored? That's what Jesus did. Jesus ignored her. See, some of, Pastor Jesus, yes, the water walker, the Messiah didn't answer her a word. And what does she do? She, you know, she chose to not get offended. You know, that's a choose choice. It's called the glory of men. Choosing, the ability to choose. You have freedom to choose. Listen, if you want to be broken, disgusted, addicted, and afflicted all of your life, that's on you, baby. That's up to you. So you don't understand. No, 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 no. You don't understand the power that's available through the name of Jesus, through prayer. You need to repent, submit, come to God, let go of your agenda, and get healed and get delivered like most people that are here tonight. Or you can stay broken and blame everybody else that you were bottle-fed all of your life and point your finger at how your dad left you, your mom left you, talk about your ex-wife, your ex, how you got cheated, and how, how you should have had reparations, or you should have had... You you know, I mean, just live, fill in the list. When you get to heaven, you will have no excuse. Did I just step in something? Oh, I'm so sorry. What was that? Minister Ava told me to say that. Her phone number is 907-841. Am I, am I toy? I am, because in the end, you have to choose to overcome. You can blame the color of your skin or the lack of education or the fact that you're educated. You, you can blame all kinds of stuff. In the end, you will stand before God, and it's not about red and yellow, black and white. It's about whether you're covered in the blood of Jesus and whether you will be able to overcome. You can overcome offense. And yes, offenses come. And yes, there's, there's, things aren't fair. 
There's no justice. You ought to be thankful there's no justice because you'd be dead and so would I. We got mercy. You want mercy. You don't want justice. You want mercy. Mercy. Everybody say, God, give me mercy because if he didn't, we'd all be dead. Well, it's getting intense in here. Somebody said, well, Jesus was racist right there. Didn't even answer the Canaanite. So you can take race. You can look at race here. Oh, it's not in my notes. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Jesus, the Jew, didn't talk to the Gentile. I'm not talking to you. And Gentiles were considered dogs. They called them dogs. She chose to not get offended. I will never forget Pastor Vince standing in the back, my very dear friend, one of my very best friends. We've been serving God together for a long, long time. I will never forget riding in a van with a guest speaker from the South who will remain, remain nameless. And he told, he told, he actually had the unmitigated gall to tell a black joke in the van. Oh, yes, he did. He did. You remember, right? I'll never forget it because I almost punched his face. I was able to restrain myself in the van, and later, there's other people there. You were sitting in the back. We got later. I said, man, what do you, what do you think you're thinking? I didn't mean anything. I said, don't ever, don't ever in your life do that again. Do you understand me? He said, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. I said, that's not even funny. All right? You don't tell racial jokes. Okay? And, I, and like, I, I was done with him for quite a long time, and he repented, and he's matured since then. He's still close friends of ours. I'll never forget talking to Pastor Vince after. Do you remember that conversation? Because I do. I went and said, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that. He said, oh, Pastor, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Sorry. You could have got mad. You could have crawled all over all the seats and made his neck like the size of a pencil. <laughs> right? Am I right? You chose. Was it right of what he did? It wasn't. He, he, you chose to not get offended. And Pastor Vince, I've seen you over and over and over make a choice to rejoice and realize, well, some people just are stupid. I'm not going to lose my sanctification over it. I ain't going to prison over it. I'm going to leave it with God because in the end, God straightens it all out. She wasn't only ignored by Jesus. Look at verse 23. Did I get in trouble yet? I hope so. Again, remember, if you're offended, two or three more times you want to come back and check our church out and uh, pretend I'm the guest evangelist tonight. Verse 23. You all there? Verse 23. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying you have to choose. You must choose to get over it because if you don't, it's not them. They're not the ones that suffer. You are the one that will lose out with God. So I'm telling you, yes, it was racist. Yes, it was wrong. Yeah, whatever happened that was wrong where, where you got wounded, you have to let it go. You have to forgive. And there are times where you have to take a stand. There are times where you need to sue somebody. When? If you realize that if you don't fix somebody's wagon, then they're going to go on hurting a whole bunch of other people, you might need to sue them. And there are times of turning the other cheek. Which one is which? you got to pray through on that. Let the Lord show you. 
Now, if your motivation is to get a whole lot of money, you might not have your heart in the right place. Let's move on. Jesus answered her not a word. The disciples came and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying after her. So, here, so here's what happens. So let's say that Pastor Karen is a Canaanite woman. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Doesn't even ask, doesn't look at her, doesn't say. She can still hear. And so here we are. We're the disciples over here. Come here. Come here. Okay. You ready? Okay. So she's right here. And they say, what do they say? Send her away because she keeps crying after us. Yeah, she's a hassle. So she's a dog. She's right there. Okay? It's not like she's in the other room. So when you see that Jesus says, send. you good? Okay. <laughs> you have to watch out. She has all kinds of, she's a serious woman of God, I'm just saying. She ignored by Jesus. Are we still good? Praise the Lord. She's ignored by Jesus, and she's rejected by the disciples. And still, she's good with it. Why? Because she understood some things. Verse 26, she, she's really being called a dog. She, she wasn't going to allow the offense. She wasn't going to allow the rejection. She wasn't going to allow the being ignored to stop what she really needed. What she, You can say whatever you want about me. I need a miracle here. My daughter's demon-possessed. You can call me late for, late for dinner. You can call me too. Call me whatever you want to. You know my daughter? Excuse me. Hi. Yeah, no, I'm still here. Can you, dog? Yeah, I, I, I'm still here. Can you? I need a miracle. Mercy, son of David, have mercy. She doesn't leave. She is a picture of how to overcome offense. You have to shift your focus. I'll tell you why. Nobody will ever get me out of the church. While I will never leave the ministry, you're never going to hear about Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen left the ministry. That's never going to happen. Why? Because the one who called me, the one who saved me, the one who filled me, the one who healed me, the one who delivered me, the one who set me free, brought me to this very place, and I, and I, where am I going to go? He alone has the words of eternal life, and I'm in love with him, desperately love. Call me what you want to. I'm going to love God with ever. I'm going to choose to get over it. I'm, some of you need to go to Lowe's, get a ladder, and get over it. Come on, tell your neighbor, go to Lowe's, get a ladder, and get over it. Heat my mic up just a little bit, Mr. Soundman. Go to Lowe's, get a ladder. You don't know what that, no, I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I don't know how horrible it was. I'm not saying it wasn't horrible. I'm saying love God more than that. Don't let that trip you. Don't let that scandal on fall on you, little rabbit. Your passion for God has got to be greater than any obstacle. Your hunger, your passion, your love for God has got to be greater than anything that comes your way. Whatever offense. Listen, we had a baby that died. I don't understand that. It didn't fit my theological framework. I prayed for all kinds of miracles. We did 21-day fast. I laid hands on Karen's belly. How many times? Dead in heaven. See him later. Daniel John. I don't understand that. I don't understand, 54 years old, I don't get it. But I know this, I know that God is good. 
I know that I've, I've been through too much. I don't understand, but I know from the word, I know from my experience, I know from revelation that God is for me, so who can be against me? I do not understand why some people get healed of cancer and other people don't, why some people live full lives and other people don't. I don't understand it all. I just know as far as it depends on me, as, as it, for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to get offended at whatever you call me, whatever you want to call me. That's fine. You'll stand before God for it. I'm going to get over it because I'm in love with God and I'm going to fulfill the purpose for God in my life. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Say it. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Say it again. I will fulfill my Or if you want to be sidelined, I've known people that have lost decades over it. And then they come back and they're crying. I've had people that didn't tithe, they're offended at the tithing message. And instead of coming and talking about it, they stayed offended for years, watching the curse operate in their life, not able to receive, not able to grow, not able to break out, and then later come, you know, years. We're talking years. Your passion for God's got to be greater than the offense. And then the offense won't find a home in you. If you're desperate for God, nothing will keep you from getting to Jesus. Nothing. People try to trip you when you're walking. The ushers and the greeters try to trip you every time you're walking into church. You'll still come because you're hungry for God. There was a season when in the altar times, which we just had, was a season when the ushers dropped Pastor Karen every time. Kicked her in the head. Pulled her hair. Touched her breast by accident. Oh, yeah. It was so bad that I thought, I am now your personal usher. Before we were married, there might have been some alternative My motives might, might not have been 100% pure. Just wanted to put my hand on her back. Oh, thank you, God. All right. Thank you, dude. Uh. Oh, you know, you, oh, you guys, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. We used to just look, look forward to prayer so we could hold hands. Don't look at me like that, Scott. I, I, I know what's going on. That's healthy. What are we talking about? I got distracted. There was a time when, and, and like, it was, it was like, seriously? You had to get over that. There was times when people weeping in the altar, and you go to the back, you know, when, when women, like, after they had get really touched by God, I mean, like, you know, like, you needed tissues and stuff. And you go to the, the, the women's room, not here because we only have like half a stall, but in the new building, you'll be able to go and gather yourself in the powder room, okay? I think we have 40 bathrooms or something. It's, it's amazing. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> you know, you go and you're like, oh, honey, everything's going to be okay. And the, and, the, and, the, and the mother in Israel is comforting Karen, who's in her 20s. And, and after she gets everything together, the mother in Israel says, sweetheart, 
I really think that God want to help you with an Amway business. I'm going to help you. You need to come to my house. We're going to sell you some toilet paper and help you get some Amways. Can I tell you how abusive that is? Don't you be selling your product to people while they're getting ministered to. Don't, 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 don't come to church to try to build your downline because we'll send you down the line. Don't do that. I'm getting offended right now. She was able to get over it. There's, listen, you're always going to have things that happen. God offends, uh, offends the, the mind to, to reveal the heart. You'll always have things that happen. I've said I've been offended recently. Okay, well, let it go. Sometimes things need to be confronted. Listen to this, Psalm 119. i got to hurry up because we're just going to 1030 tonight. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 165. Turn there. Underline this. Listen to this verse. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Nothing can make them offended. If you love God with all your heart, it'll move you through the comments that people make. And we've all done it before. The things that happen, it'll move you past that. Because God is good and, you know, people do things. She understood God's goodness. I think that the greatest offense I had the death of our death of our child was one was able to by the grace of God overcome a lot of people praying for me. It was one of the final. It was the kitchen sink before getting launched into ministry. You know, the devil whispering, "Well, if God loved you, then you know your your boy wouldn't have died. If if you were a man of God, your boy wouldn't have died. If you believe, if you had miracles were real, your boy would have had a miracle. You know all the stuff the devil says. That's the devil. Just talks like that. Accuses you. If you had prayed, you had a salad on your twenty one day fast. The Lord is really with you with favor. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But the worst one, and I've told the story many times, but I was helping with the youth, and I, I got to preach for like two, three weeks. The original youth guy, Dr. Gannon, went off to another island, and I was left to fill in for about three weeks. We had revival. We just had an outpouring. I mean, they started bringing their friends. People were getting healed. The power of God coming down it was amazing. It was, it was just beautiful. Probably bigger in my mind than it actually was, but still, it was awesome. <laughs> just, you know, that's usually the way it is. We just, ah. And I was like, I felt like I was walked into destiny and purpose. I, it was one of the most incredible sense of fulfillment and joy. Like, oh, my gosh, I was made for this. And that's true. That's true. I was walking into my calling. It ended after three weeks. After three weeks, I didn't even get a phone call. I, got a, I heard the announcement. Well, everybody, Pastor Steve's coming back, and he's taking over the youth. And I was, it was just like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, I got shanked, which is a prison term that means stabbed. <laughs> and I, I felt like I just, like, like you couldn't even call me. Didn't even call me. And like, I'm supposed to be the guy. Does Dr. Morocco even hear from God anymore? I mean, my God. Oh, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I was able somehow to get a hold of that. My wife praying. I went into a depression for about a week and a half, two weeks. Stopped witnessing, stopped winning souls. Presence of God left me. I went into a deep, like a deep, dark place. 
And I started having more demonic things happening to me on the job. I almost hurt somebody, really, like seriously, almost lost my temper. And it was bad. And the Lord stepped in because I got a praying mama, I had a praying wife, and I was a part of a praying church, and I was asking God to help me. And I was able to get over that offense. Had I not gotten over it, I wouldn't be standing here. And it's by a miracle of God. And then God moved, moved us forward and helped me. Come on, get over your offense. Come on, lift a hand to heaven and say, help me get over it. She understood that God was good. She needed a miracle more than she cared about somebody not ignoring her, more than she cared about being rejected. She needed a miracle. And I'm going to tell you, you need God more than you need to be offended. Some of you are angry. You need to get healed. Don't, and th- th- lastly, I've had this happen where I was close with someone. Well, it's happened in our, our marriage where somebody did something to Pastor Karen. Now, I wasn't there, but I heard later. And so then I carry her offense. You mess with my wife, I'm going to be offended. Amen. You're going to be in the hospital. Amen. I'm I'm teasing you. I'm very protective. I'm very loyal. I've had had friends tell me stories from other churches and, and things that happened, and I've picked up their offense. And then what's amazing is if, 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 you, if you hear all sides, you realize the person that shared their offense with you actually isn't telling you everything usually. And their perception, because they saw it a certain way, was actually not the way it was. And when you, listen, there's not two sides to every story. There's like five. It's taken me a long time. Some of you are instantly upset when something happens. Man, that's not even what happened. I promise you. And there's so many sides of people's perception. Some of you have taken on the offense of your, of your, of your children, of your spouse, of a, of a teacher, of your parents. Some of you lived with offense, and that's actually not what happened. I had it happen when I was a kid, and my parents got divorced. I picked up offense towards my father, towards my mother. I've, I've wrestled with those different things. We've worked all of that out. Offense will rob you. It will hurt you. And, and somehow that trauma, trauma can happen in you that then causes this cycle just to continue. How do you get out of that cycle, this cycle of captivity? Some of you are in a cycle of captivity. You need to break that thing tonight, keys. You need to break it tonight. You need to make a decision that I'm letting go of the offense of my ex-husband. Forgive him. You don't know what he did. I'm sure it was bad, but, but Jesus died for that too. How do, you forgive, how do you forgive unforgivable things? First of all, nothing's unforgivable, but humanly, within our own self, our own capacity to forgive, I think there comes a place where you realize, man, somebody needs to die for doing that. Molestation, rape. You know, you cut me off when we were on the freeway. That, you know, okay, you don't have to die. There's certain things that happen that can happen in families and to us individually where, you're, where it's so heinous and so evil that it's hard to let that go. How do you let that go? Well, it's not easy, but it is simple. You come to the understanding that, that Jesus, God's one and only begotten Son, was crucified for that. So the worst thing that happened to you, that thing that's, that's been the worst wound in your life, 
If you close your eyes for a moment all across this place, those online, 16, 10 a.m., all over every platform, wherever you are, if you close your eyes for a moment and think about the most hurtful thing that ever happened to you, not to bring it up or rehearse it, but if it still has pain, if it still has a sting, you need healing. I've, I've, I've got endless stories of things that hurt that just don't hurt anymore. They're, they're, they're not in my thought life. If I try to think about the, well, there is one that's, that's still hard for me. And it's, uh, you know, two daughters I have that are not restored. But that will happen. And, and that, that's still uh, something I carry before the Lord. And it's a, it's a pain, it's a longing. I asked the Lord to take it from me. He said, no, no, no. That's how I feel for all of my children that are far off. He said, that's the love that you have for your kids. It'll be restored one day. Hold on to it. Push it. Let it push you in prayer. Let it, let it let you walk in authority, bind demon power. See them loosed, even now, loosed in the name of Jesus. Loosed in Jesus' name. But it's not something that controls me. It's not something that makes me go out and, and do something to sedate myself. Some of you, you really need healing. That's why we do what we do. That's why I preached what I preached. To teach you about offense, don't let it get you. Number two, examine your heart to see if you have a cycle of captivity. You know, somebody says something, it sets off a fuse, and you're instantly angry. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the things that trigger you. PTSD is a common term these days. And there are lots of our soldiers that have PTSD. And, and I understand that. Jesus can heal. Amen. He can heal of PTSD. Some of you have, some of you have trauma from when your dad used to come home drunk all the time. And you'd hide in a closet. Some of you have trauma from, from school teachers that did things to you. Some of you have trauma from COVID. You know, the lockdowns were, they have a, there's a terrible aspect of those lockdowns. And it isolated people. And, it, and in the isolation, you know, people are not meant to be alone. Amen. The amount of suicides, you don't hear these numbers, but the amount of suicides are unprecedented. The, the, the mental anguish and depression that people can't seem to break through and the gripping fear that is on so many We've traveled a little bit. I see it. God wants to set you free. God wants to heal you. Would you stand up on your feet all across this place? And let me say this as we move to close. It's been a little bit long. If you know that you have a reoccurring trauma. It can come, uh, a trauma that reoccurs, a cycle of captivity. Maybe it's a memory. I don't need the whole worship team. I just want keys, drums, and uh, some strings. Thank you. Appreciate you all. So you have a cycle that keeps running, a constant memory 
that comes, this happens, or a fragrance that you smell that can trigger you and you move into depression or sadness and sorrow. Certain times of the year, I think in, our, in, in, my, in my family, in the Bracken family, for the longest time, Christmas was, Thanksgiving and Christmas was just sheer torture. And there was a lot of reasons for that. Things happened during that season that just seemed unresolved. I always, always go through an abandonment and a depression. And it just, it continued on. And finally, I was able to get set free. And even, actually, this year, I don't think so, so much. There's even moments, maybe this year, it's just gotten better and better every year. You know, I've been serving God for 25 years, okay? So there's a, a moment of sorrow that comes at those holidays, and it's because of the loss of my two daughters. And so I, I got to work through it sometimes. Pastor Karen, she looks at me, she goes, oh, she knows, she's, you're, you're missing him right now. Right? Yeah. She prays for me. I got to shake that thing off. I go, come on, one day, one day, one day we're going to have a goose, a Christmas goose. One day we're going to have the roast beef. Oh, be reunited and everything be healed. Hallelujah. Oh, God. I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet, but maybe this year. I push that thing aside and keep going, keep going, keep pressing, keep praying, keep believing. And sometimes that fog, you know, it, you know, maybe you'd be able to get over it faster. I'm just telling you, for me, it's, it's been a challenge, especially. And I'm being very real with you because some of you are insulated from the wounds that you have, but you don't realize they're controlling you. You don't realize that unforgiveness and that rejection and that thing that you went through in your home that you still feel a sorrow with, you're, you're sedating that. You just have another, you know, have another beer, smoke a little joint. Uh, get another relationship, have serial relationships, constantly be be under the effects of overeating or or whatever. Distract yourself so you don't have to feel the pain of the fact that your father rejected you and you never work it through. I've had people say, well, it's under the blood. It's under the blood, Pastor. Oh, yeah, it's under the blood. If it's under the blood, it's under the blood. But if it isn't under the blood, in other words, if you still feel pain, you need to put that thing under and keep it under and get healed. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.